I guess five good episodes in a row was too much to ask. Yeah, it's uh, it's too bad. We were felt we were really chugging along. The positivity was growing. Yeah, and um, I really feel that this episode was a return to last season style of, um, but it, here's the thing. In my mind, I feel like this was a return to last season sort of hodgepodge episodes where they put in a little of this and a little of that story yeah, and a little yeah. of that. It really wasn't. And yet, I think it goes back to what I always say. Tell me a good story and I can overlook right. a lot of things. And I actually like part of the story. Something was off. Didn't you I watch think, it and you're like, there's the discovery I know. That's the Star Trek discovery kind of, that yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It, when they... I mean, if I... This is going to be a strange that I'm realizing this, but if this show were episodic, I think it would be a lot better. I think in the times, so I feel like this season is definitely far more episodic. There's definitely at least one story every week that is a story of the week and everything else. All the other plots continue or start something new. But this one, yeah, I mean, to your point, I, I'm being a little harsh in my opening, of course. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It definitely was not the... I, I don't, definitely do not think it was up to the quality of the episodes that we've gotten over the past four weeks. So, um, and, and I yeah. do believe that the more time they spend on their main big story, the less I'm going to like this season. Or at least that's what I'm getting from this episode. Because it certainly had the most time devoted, aside from maybe the first episode, to the main, um, the, the DMA, the right. something something anomaly. And what is the name of this episode? This episode is called The Examples. So, I can, I'll tie it together. I will find a reason for it being called that but it's really a stretch and I don't like it whereas the last couple I was excited to realize why the title was the title mm -hmm. and now I'm just angry yeah yeah so I... this episode is directed by Lee Rose who's directed a bunch of TV things whatever it doesn't matter it's written by some fella named Kyle Jarrow now you know I don't want to speak ill of someone without knowing too much, but they've got a real thin resume. Like, really, really thin resume to be to be in this position. Right. And most of what they have written are musicals. So what? I'm real confused. And then a book based on the SpongeBob musical. Oh, okay. Perfect for Star Trek, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um... Now, maybe if it were a musical episode... But it wasn't, so I'm confused. Oh, we went to Yale. Okay, that's why. We so, gotta stop giving Ivy Leaguers like every kind of job, you know? There's so many Harvard alumni in comedy writers. Yeah. Now we get Yale writers writing Star Trek. Right. It's just the Ivy League just you know, they should have a I think policy. Don't hire hire Ivy Leaguers. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you were saying with "Tell me a good story," and aside from aside from last season, where you have where we were just pointing out everything just other beyond that, right? Like uh, the structure problems didn't work, the structure didn't work, and thing. And I remember I said to you, you, you "Well, you had said to me that." If they just tell us a good story, what does it matter? Because that means we're entertained, right? When you when you are dealing with something where the story isn't good, then and then you explain why. Well, it's because they didn't spend enough time on it, or they they didn't. Then you start getting into discussing the structure of the episode, which means that the writing isn't following a type of structure. Or like so, the so the more you sort of pile on criticisms of a story. You begin pointing to other things, say the way the episode's laid out, and using it as ammo to explain why it just didn't, why it just didn't work. Because I gotta say, like I don't use that too much if I'm talking about something that I like. 
So you begin right. pointing to other things, looking for, looking for, re trying to explain why it just didn't work. Yeah, and I'm very confused as to why this one didn't work because I actually liked one of the main stories, which usually that's how, um, you know, that, that kind of has been driving this season. If I like the main story and I have, then it works out. But somehow this one. Which which story was it? Which story was it? I liked the story of the 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 evacuation. Oh, see, I did not. I liked that a lot. Well, I I, I put it, well. Let me put it another way. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. I thought that was fine. I I think the the sort of the aspect they focused on with those five prisoners wasn't really of interest to me. I just it wasn't. It just wasn't. I didn't find it fascinating. I didn't feel a compelling. Find it compelling. Um, I liked it on the merits of just okay, they're doing something different again this week, so that's mm -hmm. cool. But I wasn't. I liked it. I thought it was a true. It was a. You know, I'll go back to my thing that I always say, which is you know, this could have been a next generation episode. Right. Right. The premise: they have to evacuate a place. The people there don't want to take their prisoners. Right. Um. So it's it's you know it was an episode partially about ethics and. I think Discovery has done very little with Agreed. ethics, and that's one of the things that comes up. One of some of my favorite Star Trek episodes are well, it heavily was about ethics. That aspect of it was reminding me of the when they go into it in Picard, the Romulan evacuation before the supernova. It was like a similar situation, right? But the focusing on those five, what was it like four or five prisoners, something like that? The main guy that they focused on, whose name is escaping me at the moment, mm -hmm. I just, I just was, I was bored. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I just wasn't into that story, and that's okay. It's not, and it's not me saying that. Oh, they told the story. I'm not, I'm not interested in. Now the season's going to be terrible. Like it's just, it wasn't something that I was fully, I wasn't fully invested in that, and I think it was because. Simultaneously, we're getting massive info drops on the DMA. And so, now that's a story I am interested in. So I want to keep going back to that to see what's going on over there. But over here, your main focus of the episode is on a story that I really am not into. So there was a, there was a sort of juxtaposition. There was a tug of war going on with me in this episode. There have been some episodes... Well, actually, I think you made your point well. That yeah. because you weren't interested in that story, you kept wanting to go back to the main story. Correct. Yeah. Whereas I kept wanting to go back to the asteroid because I yeah. felt the main story had fallen back into a lot of the, what we've termed lazy writing habits mm. of um, information, characters know information just because... Right. Everyone accepts what other people say just to move the plot along. Right. Things like that. I think I think my main issue my main issues with this episode are definitely the 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 prison story I didn't really have much of an interest in. I don't think that Star Trek has historically done interesting episodes that take place in prisons. Cuz I can't really think of one that is that I that I've liked. I mean 6, but that's one of the films, I guess. But uh I, and I also felt that the pacing of this episode was off, um, particularly because it, it, here is here is my thing, and I know and we're gonna I know we're getting broad, we're we're kind of talking in broad strokes here, but I, I I think what Discovery has a habit of doing is it's almost like the show is too slow and too fast at the same time. They either rush through the story, sometimes adding unnecessary urgency in the form of these, as I call, as I say, ticking clocks. Or it's too slow because we have to deal with boring melodrama or with like these side quests that have nothing to do with solving a big mystery. While the mm. big mystery looms over the story. That's a good like, point. We didn't, we got nothing on the DMA for two episodes and now all of a sudden we're now in a ticking clock crisis. Like now, 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 now. And but at the same time, we're watching these slow scenes play out of Culver right. trying to find himself and his purpose and dealing with grief. So you're going from 
oh my god, the thing's gonna take the thing and everybody's gonna die. We have to hurry. And then yeah, yeah, three people quietly exploring their emotions in a room. Right, and I felt like I felt like the prisoner plot was sli a slightly wasted opportunity because I feel like they could have dug into crime, punishment, guilt. Like Voyager did this on an episode with a bunch of prisoners they had to like transfer to the ship to help transfer them someplace. And and as the doctor was examining them, he somehow uncovers that one of them, the crime he committed was kind of not his fault because he had some sort of like defect, genetic defect that caused him mm -hmm. to, to do that. And so there was another prisoner who, um, so and then the focus was like on this prisoner like trying to get redeemed. And the doctor corrected the problem and suddenly his entire personality changed. And so the rest of the episode is about Seven sort of like forming a friendship with this person. And they he even at one point tries to plea for his life with the family who, of the person he murdered. And it eventually doesn't work out. Eventually, they, they eventually, but they still say no. They don't believe him. But I thought, and I'm not saying Discovery has to copy Voyager, but like if you sort of dive into that sort of who that character is, why did he do that? Um, assuming you have the time. Maybe not you don't have the time because we, we have this DMA sort of looming in the background. So where do we have time to explore it, right? But Right. Yeah. So I'll just quickly say what I did like about it. I like the fact that we we're dealing with something that we haven't seen, which is the difference between the chain and the Federation. Mm. So the chain, people that were under the chain thought nothing of just leaving the prisoners behind while well, they're going to die. They're, they're criminals anyway. Who cares? And of course, it's Starfleet being more noble and, uh, you know, and I guess they've never said directly. I don't think that there's no death penalty, but obviously there's no death penalty in the Federation. Right. It's just, so I like seeing that come up. And it's another case of um, the, well, I'll just say it, like the progressive politics of Star Trek just being a fact of the show. Right? There is no right. death penalty. Of course there isn't. No one would even think that there would be because it's Star Trek. They're evolved. Uh, right. But maybe some people will say that they're hammering us. They're, they're pushing their political message down our throats. It's a death penalty is bad. Um, so it's dealing with that. It is, I think, dealing with guilt in an interesting way where here's someone just accepting their guilt. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that was kind of lame. Um, and then there was the thing with the the little old rock. I, I didn't care about that either. <laughs> now that I, I talk about it, maybe I didn't like it as much. It's it's more like, I like the idea more than I like the execution, I guess. And, and um, you know, what I did like, what I did like was Michael um, finding a legal loophole, sort of loophole, sort of um, just a way to, um, to protect them. And doing it by the letter of the law. You know, it's one of those cases of um, the law is more important here and, and all that. So I, I thought that really all worked pretty well. And like I said, I could have... This is a storyline I would expect to see on any other Star Trek show. I think... So, also... Maybe this could have been more interesting if it wasn't placed within the context. If this DMA thing was not happening in the background because I kind of felt like this doesn't there's no time for this right now because there's this DMA thing happening in parallel that we're getting this like again it's the ticking clock thing right so you have this plot that's going like really quickly and now 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 juxtaposed with this slower more melodramatic plot that's happening at the exact same time. And I, so there was no, but there was no, but all of it felt forced. Like there was no sort of like overall sense of like threat. Cause I know they're saying we have to get them off there in such, such said time, but that's not something I felt looming over the, over the episode. It wasn't like, why are we sitting here talking? We have to get you out of here. Right, like there was, yeah, there was none of that I didn't kind of think about yeah. that aspect of it. Yeah, while I was watching it, I just watched for the story. And honestly, so we'll get into the specifics a little bit. The way the episode opened, I was so disappointed in all, everything related to the 
DMA. Yep. Which is the something something anomaly. Yeah. So yeah. Dark let's, matter anomaly. Let's get into this. So yeah. I was so disappointed that I was just happy to get away from it. So some of right. the things are the DMA disappears and reappears. Right. And people say, but nothing in space can disappear and reappear. Or nothing in space can disappear, they say. And I'm thinking, I don't know, like there's black holes, there's wormholes. I'm there not a space been... expert, but I mean, stuff disappears, in, in, especially in Star Trek. I mean, here's yeah. a case where the... Um, Voyager disappeared as far as Starfleet was concerned. Right. And the yeah. lower decks treatment would have been good here. Someone could have stepped in and said, oh, well, actually, and then listed every episode and every movie where yes. something in space Where was Boimler when we needed him? Yeah. Yes, because yeah. obviously things disappear in space all the time. So right. when they strain my uh, credulity like that, it really mm, immediately puts me in a bad mood relating to the show. But the thing so is, here's it's, the thing, though, it's right? such but bad then, logic, but, too. Yeah. But then the worst part <laughs> is... It's seemingly as if they they do have someone that's looking over the scripts and saying, well, this is stupid. It doesn't make sense. And so they said, well, this doesn't really make sense. And then someone said, oh, we'll just have Michael ask the sphere data. And the sphere data will be like, yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely. So yeah. why are they bothering doing anything? They can just ask the sphere data. It's, it's, sphere data seems to know any, everything when they need it. So, yeah, so she just says um, the sphere data confirmed that nothing disappears in space or whatever it said. It's one of those things that... Um, that and it's not specific to Discovery. It is Star Trek in general, where like you have they introduce something, and they take a shortcut to solve it, and you realize that, that shortcut could have negated like six episodes before it, or a bunch of other episodes right. before it, right? So, I, I this kind of feels like that aspect of it kind of felt like it was written, but you didn't get to like a third draft, or you didn't, or that, or that one person who wrote it, missed the Zoom call that said, this is so-and-so, and they're going to look over your scripts for you. So make yeah, sure you send it to them. So it's like something was missing. So much better Yeah. this season. So now to have it suddenly revert back to this, they know things because we need them to know things to move the plot, right. instead of making us believe that this is a team of people working to solve something. And then there are other strange... So they decide that it has to be human-made. Or not human, which is creature made, which is right stuff. So, but they decide it and they agree to it. But then, and when they start going down this road, everything starts to bother me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Admiral Vance says, um, "It was made by unknown species 10C. We've named. We don't know who they are, so we gave them this code name. Why do you have to name the people? So, so <laughs> why who, do you have to give them the name unknown species? 10C? Well, in my my question, what is the point so of any of that." Not only is it a not a very creative name, but who's who who are the unknown species? Who's ten B? Who's ten A? Right. Who's, who's nine? Who's nine Z? Who's nine Y? Right. Like I just. Yeah. How many unknown species are you dealing with? It's like a. It's like a. It's like it's almost like they should have. It's like a bad Borg designation. Like Borg, the Borg would say species. Borg are very efficient. They were like species eight four seven two. Right, but we know that they've assimilated eight hundred and forty. 8, or whatever, you know. Yeah, they have yeah. 8,471 yes. species, yeah, so, so that makes sense. This but, made no sense. It was like, we'll give them a code name for no re no obvious reason. But I said to you, so the so Admiral Vance is so they've they they've but they make this conclusion not based on no evidence. It's just because nothing in space can because as far as they know, nothing in space can do that. Yeah. Which so which okay, so you just supposed to sit there and go, oh, okay. That wouldn't make it man-made either. That's not evidence. That's not. That's not. That's not science. No, no. It just means we've. What it, the way a scientist would say it is, we've never seen anything in space disappear. That doesn't mean that. But that, yeah, that doesn't mean that it can't. It would leave open the possibility that right. well, now things are disappearing. It's but a plus very. They have seen it's a very sort of anti-science episode. Yeah, now they're being now, so good at the science, right? right? Actually having hypotheses, chasing them down and having them fail. I swear, it's as if someone in the writing team just said, or producing team just said, guys, uh, come on now. We got uh, too much of this uh, well, science stuff you, here. But the thing is, it all, huh? you can't just, like, you can't just declare that because what, what, what does that mean? So you say nothing in space can do that. So are you telling me that you... Who said it? Michael? Who said that? 
I, whoever that person um, is that, that said in space can yeah. disappears. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Saru, maybe. So whoever that person is. So, okay. So do you are you familiar with every single bit of interstellar phenomena that has been encountered over the past thousand years? Is that what you're telling me? How do you know that? Right. Right. So sphere data told me. So. I have, pro I, have, I have a severe problem with the way they scienced their way out of that because they did not, there was no experimentation. There was no sort of like data that said that they could point to and, and, or test things out. That should have been, and by the way, that's a, that's a revealing fact. That should be something that Stamets, why couldn't that have come out of the moment, the, the thing with Stamets and that scientist when they were testing things out and say, we've concluded that this is some sort of man-made phenomenon. Right. And have them chase down the evidence for it. Because they all agree. And then when the new scientist, Tarka, comes, right. he, everybody's on board with this being a um, uh, well, man-made. I was confused. Which is a big problem. I was confused because they say this in the beginning. Okay? But they didn't... I, I was confused because they didn't present evidence. Right? So I thought, maybe, I'm like, maybe... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're going to be wrong. So, but it wasn't until later in the episode when Culber is talking to Kovic, which we'll get into in a, in a, a little bit. But Culber says, confirms that, oh, this DMA is, 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 uh, there's an, I forget what his exact line is, but he says, there's an intel, he says it matter of fact, like there's an intelligence behind it. And I thought, wait, is that confirmed? Did yeah, I miss and it, 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 again, we're back to the yeah. last season style where there was one the one sentence confirmed it when they when Michael said the sphere data confirmed. Right. That was it. So th again, we have a situation where hugely important plot details are being relayed to us in one sentence. Right. A, a tossed off sentence that you could miss. So right. this is back to the this is back to all the things that they do wrong. But I think um, also just even yes. that idea, that but even that creative decision to put an intelligence behind it, oh, sucks. It's disappointing. Now oh, maybe they won't follow through with it. I don't know, but I'm just thinking to myself: How come it can't just be? Why can't it just be? Why does it have to be a face behind it? Yes, why can't and it it's just like be? Last yeah, where we were hoping it was a natural phenomenon, and granted, they didn't put a quote-unquote villain behind it but it was worse than a villain i would have rather have a villain that did it right and 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 to what end to right. what end now what just crossed my mind is maybe they're wrong and they'll find out that they're wrong but here's the thing i hope that so. would be even worse because if they're wrong rather than reinforcing what we said about anything it would just be even weirder because Obviously, they would be wrong because they didn't do it. They didn't figure it out well. So it just, it, none, no, no way it's going to work out well, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, I, I just, it's interesting to me but that it does get worse. It's interesting to me that we've only really seen the DMA destroy books, homeworld. We haven't seen it do really anything else. So, am I to infer that this is? Could it be tied to books somehow? I, because we've only seen it take out his world. Who knows? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So, but even even then. So I think that here's the thing. If they get back on track next week, and everything's fine, mm -hmm. and say and say the storyline plays out compellingly in a compelling way, and we like it, I'm still going to criticize the exposition we got in this episode and say, "Yep, it was cool," but I thought what they discovered wasn't really a good choice or I didn't like I didn't like that aspect of it. So that that's yeah. that's disappointing. But I also think it continues down that road because yeah. then we have this scientist who Stamets doesn't like. But that's who cares. I mean this was that was all seemed also like unnecessary. Yeah. Didn't add anything to it. Yeah, because you're like who who is this guy? And yeah. Where was he from the beginning? Right. And so this guy comes and he does this little mashed potato model. How does he even know and, what mashed potatoes are? <laughs> right. In, in one piece. Um, yeah. So my problem here is, like, he does it and it seems impressive. Like, oh, he's a, he's a you know, he's a, he's an eccentric scientist who's going to use mashed potatoes. But I, there was no explanation as to, like, why 
anything he was saying would be right. It's like, there's a thing in the middle and it's projecting it all around. Okay, what made you say that? What evidence drew you to this? Right. He's a it scientist. He's a scientist and he's not using science to, to convey his fact. To no, convey his findings. He the model was cool. I mean, I understood the concept, but I yeah. didn't understand what informed it. Right. And that was my real problem. And, and then... Um, uh, Stamets gets on board pretty quickly. And then what did they wind up at the end? They're like, there's a source of power that's super tiny, but also super powerful. That was right. the big takeaway at the end. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't, I, this is, I think as far as this plot is concerned, the, the DMA, it's, um, it's kind of jumping the shock right here. It's kind of going a little off oh, the rails terrible. here. Um, terrible. I got more to say why it's terrible. Yeah. All right. So one thing that occurred to me, if that guy showed up, right, and he had a theory and he explained it and then he made the model, remember how he made the small version of it? And that's how they proved it was man-made. That would have made so much more sense. Right. Because then we see them doing this. It would have been, again, this is one of the things where like change one aspect of the show and it right. makes sense. I think instead you just needed like a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of realizing at the beginning, you have them go through all this, build the model, do the mashed potatoes, and then say... Look, I had a theory that maybe it was man-made. I made a smaller model that actually worked. I proved that it, it was, that it could be man-made. That is called science. You have a right. hypothesis, you test it out, you prove it. Right. How easy. They already had all the scenes. That like, like that's Those are your three pillars, right? The guy comes on board, he's an asshole, and he says, yeah. "I think it's man-made." And they're like, "What?" Like, what yeah, do you what mean? You because about? this guy clearly may know more about it than they do. So it's like, and, and there's sort of your dramatic hook. And then you cut to the next plot and then you come back to it. And they do. Yeah. And then you have another scene where he says, and here's why I think so. And, you know, again, your mashed potatoes. Then go back to the other plot. Then you come back when they do the testing. Yes. Because they already knew it was man-made. So there was no stakes in him making the model. It was just like, we'll see if we can do it. That'd be cool. That was or, how it felt to me. Or oh, but... Even were. Oh, go ahead. Or maybe he thinks it's, or maybe he comes on board thinking it's one thing, and now that he has access to Discovery and its systems, it turns out his theory was wrong, but in testing it, they that's where they discover that it's actually man-made somehow. Out of it comes, yeah. out of testing his theory, comes the new info drop that, oh my god, it's man-made. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a great cliffhanger at the end. Imagine that. Right. Yeah. They turn to each other and go... Someone created this. Dun, right. dun, dun. Yeah. Continued. Exactly. Um, but here's the, the worst part. So this is super reminiscent of last season. Remember last season, Michael kept saying, if we could figure out what caused the burn, we could save Starfleet. Uh-huh. She was saying it, and I said, why? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So this guy said, if we could figure out the tech, we could figure out who built it. I'm like, really? Maybe, but you sound pretty certain. What right. if it's... Or what if it's... A, tech you've never seen before, so you have absolutely no idea how it works. Or B, yeah. it's not that complicated and it's stuff that anybody could get. Like, he knows something because the writers told him to know something. Right. So and That and, drives me crazy. And we, the audience, have not been informed. And, and by the way, it's not even a case of, it's really not even a case of, did something happen off screen that we missed? They're just not divulging the information at all. It, like, the characters don't come into this more informed than we are. They're just not, they're just not sciencing this this thing, right? Or they are, but for no reason, right? Or or a reason that makes no sense. He's sciencing it because if he can figure out the tech, he'll know who built it. I don't know how. But but that's but that's where you use the plot and say, well, show me how he's going to figure that out. Yes, exactly. So, so that sucked, in my humble opinion. Yeah, very much so. It's uh, disappointing. All right, so I'm, that's it. I'm going. I'm going. Going hard. Here's another problem I had. Yep. Something major seemed to happen. Huge. The ship has become conscious. And Michael's like, huh, that's weird. End story. This, is that very strange? This has been... The ship has emotions, and Michael's reaction is like, yeah. fascinating. I, I, no, not like, hey, we, this is a concern. What if the ship gets sad? It doesn't want to go. What if the ship gets angry? I was saying this last season that I, I'm, very con I, I'm very concerned about why it's not a big a deal to them that Discovery 
has has some sort of conscience now consciousness now it's just very because even a couple weeks back they were like zora you call the computer zora yeah yeah it's, that's what it named itself oh okay like it's like it's totally like it's totally normal for it to do that right and if we had been shown that in the future all ships have personalities maybe it would have went down easier but that's not anything that's been brought to our attention yeah like i can understand it from sort of it being a mirror for today because we do have ais that we refer to by name you know like our personal assistants and stuff like that so i think in that respect it makes sense but in the star trek world they always just say you know computer so-and-so and and whatnot and Mm -hmm. there is there doesn't seem to be much of an intelligence to it um mostly because you know in the real world back then we didn't have those things so they've kind of extrapolated that if we do they might sound like this but they never really yeah. did they always sounded exactly sort of like the way zora sounds but this sort of quick evolution of zora into this almost higher being this this again this consciousness more like data than it's not a former computer why why has this not been a worry for anybody or at least a bigger deal a, well, that's what I mean. Like or a bigger deal. Evolve a consciousness. I mean, it's good that the characters mention it, but nobody's like, nobody's like, and this isn't. You know, and this doesn't worry you. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. Or at least like, hey, we should somebody. Uh, Stamets, you should look into this because the ship says it has emotions. Check it out. Even well, that would have made me happier, more. Well, but it was also strange because when Zora, when the d- sphere data, I thought the sphere data downloaded itself into one of those stupid dot things that was going to save them last season and the thing died remember that like the the little the, little, the three little dot robots i was going to help them take back discovery the sphere data didn't even end up helping them at all so i thought is that the end of this like what what is going on here so i i, I that, that's yeah i don't want to go on a rant here but that, that that's been that's been troubling to me that that's because even when that comes up i'm just like oh yeah that thing yes I was so surprised when but, she said oh, the sphere data confirmed it. I thought oh, I've started okay. forgetting. I've started forgetting it, only because the yeah. show barely brings it up. So, right. but when they do bring it up, I'm like, oh right. And then I, it's almost like I'm reminded of a bad experience, and I get all upset again. And that's what yeah, it, and that's what it is. We've 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 had this sphere data for two seasons now, and it's moved like an inch, if that. So. I just, I'm curious how, I still want to know how they're going to tie that into Calypso. Even though Kurtzman said we're going to. I don't know how they're going to do that at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, my faith has been shooken, shaken. Shaken. To the core. Here's the thing. If they can continue on the track of telling us good stories as they've done in the first four episodes, I'll, 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 I'll be willing to forget about the sphere data. I'll be willing to forget about that. I'll be willing to let that go. That's fair. Right? And and all if those one things. One out of every five episodes is like this. That's a fine... That's fine. Because it's a good ratio. Right. There's, for every four episodes, there's one bad one. So... Or not so great one. And again, this one wasn't bad. It was just... The, the, the moments of exposition brought it... Shot it... Sort of shot it off the rails. So... Well, I think the whole... The, the, well, here's the big thing that worries me is that every part of this episode that progressed the main story, the one that we know we're going to be with all season was terrible. Right. So I, I think that's a big I just problem think... because we have to expect we're going to get more of this. Now, my fear, and I'll make a prediction, is that and you know I like to imagine what's going on behind the scenes but I can imagine behind the scenes some sensible writers you know, made their case for like let's tell some stories that are actually good and have beginning, middle, and an end. And they were like, mm, I don't know. That sounds... That's yeah. not really what we do here. We don't really do good stories. They're like, please. And they said, all right, all right. We'll give you four. We'll give you four, and then we're doing it our way. Because we are hitting home runs every time. Obviously, every season is better than the one before. And we'll, so we're going to give you four episodes to do your little episode, your little one-off stories that you want. And then we're taking back over, and we're going to take this plane in for the landing. And so we'll the rest put, of it is just going to be And we'll put them up front. We'll put them up, fr- put them up front just so we can get it over with. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, nobody wants to see this crap. But you know what? We're going to let you do it. 
they want to see with Discovery, do what Discovery does I'm gonna, best. I'm going to tell you this. Now, I don't want to get too um, over the top here. Because Thursday's episode may be great. I but know, but I don't want to walk away from this season and say, yeah, the first four episodes, are, the first four episodes were amazing. Period. So it could happen though. Well, I, I I think the other thing too though. Structurally it didn't even follow the other episodes. Like because there was no theme throughout this. Right. Now it's called the examples. Right. And I it was guess not an example dude, episode. The dude makes an example of mashed potatoes, and then he makes an example of a model. And then maybe they were trying to make an example of the prisoners. By letting and die. an example of how then, not to do an episode. <laughs> and Michael was trying to show an example of how to be more civil toward people. But that sucks. <laughs> Sorry, I keep doing that. Yeah. That's so not effective. I'll use my better uh, words. But the yeah, so and the the like I said, the prison plot I was not into. The the DMA was a little um weird all that stuff and even the way that plot resolved with this scientist having a weird conversation with book at the end revealing some tattoo on the back of his neck which i don't even i'm like is that supposed to be something what is that um because because yeah. my my i mean it's supposed to be something obviously but we don't know what it is so it means nothing to us i don't know what it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. now this could be an interesting connection to those Emerald Chain Science Institutes that we heard so much about. Yep. But you haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet. Uh, oh, all right. Here's another thing that was not effective. So everyone that was evacuated was evacuated from the asteroid, correct? Correct. Okay. So you have the fella in jail, and he's got the stone that has the lady's whole history on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's been in prison for a while, right? Yes. Okay. So he's on the same asteroid as the woman who Stone belongs to. Yep. And you could assume that the people that are holding him in jail are doing it because he killed someone. That's bad. And if he had said to them, yeah, I killed that lady. I feel really bad about it, but I have her family history here. I really like to get it back to her. Don't you think they would have done it? Why did he need Michael to come? Because Michael's the most important Michael. person in the universe, dude. It made no sense. They've been on the same asteroid for years, yep. and yet it took Michael to get the stone back to her? No, man. That yep. is not okay. Excuse me. It wasn't a tattoo on his neck. It was a scar. I just want to make that clear. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's terrible, too. That either, you know. That's not effective. So maybe somebody made an example of him. Yeah, so I think the only thing we have left I think the only thing we have left to talk about, if we want to bother, is Cronenberg. Well, okay, so let me just talk about one more ask one more thing. So yes. Reese got a, got a uh, little yes. <laughs> I love this. Reese got a little something to do this week. Until he didn't. <laughs> and it's a backstory. We got some backstory, but it was so... Here's the thing. You and I have said for the last four years, well, really the last three, we've got these other bridge crew members who seemingly almost have never have anything to do. Okay, we and we've said a million times, it seemed like they were going to do something with OO, but... Because they used OO as an example to bring out on an away mission. And we thought, okay, great. They're doing more with the bridge crew. Pike wanted to know all their names. Great. Yeah, and Pike left, and then Michael was like, right. screw it, I don't want other names. So... <laughs> so... <laughs> so, um... Detmer got a little thing last season, which, again, until until she didn't. It's not effective. Now, not effective. Reese got something this this in this episode. Now, now I will say... Almost. Almost. So when they when they when he when they were going down to the asteroid, he volunteered and said, Do you mind if I come? And I'm like, Oh, great. Awesome. Good for you, Reese. You're gonna be join you're gonna be joining us. And he didn't do the whole like 
he didn't do the whole I want to come because I was meant to, right? Well, so, well, hold on. So a version of that. So he so she's like, "Yes." And so he led he did some stuff off-screen, but at least like, "Okay, great." So they go down to the asteroid, then Reese shows up in front of Michael and Book and uh says that when he was five years old, his town was wiped out by a hurricane. And he owed his rescue to start to a Starfleet crew that got him out. And I thought to myself, um, that sounds horrible. It's this very emotional thing. Yeah. Uh, now's not the time, Reese. It was so awkward. Like, why are you telling us this now on the planet well, when people have to be evacuated? It was so, like, awkward and just delivered so... I was cringing when I was watching that. Yeah, it was as if someone had said, like, we got to give Reese something. Yeah. Or he, his, his agent called and said, we need to give this, my client some lines. See, but here's the thing, too, right? Is Would Starfleet really be doing hurricane rescue? Is that FEMA? Or, you know, like a Earth-based Well, I'm sure Starfleet. I'm sure Starfleet's well within. It just seems like overkill. Yeah. Hurricanes are pretty manageable. Well, the interesting thing is that and all our Florida listeners, as I'm sure we have on three, next generation. I understand that they can be bad, but on the next generation, a, on the next generation, on the next generation, Picard makes reference to Earth having a weather modification net, so things like oh. this don't happen. So either by the 23rd century, they don't have one yet. Well, Reese, though, grew up when? We would have grown up... Maybe that came later. He would have been in the 23rd century, so the weather modification that could have been could be a 24th century thing. Yeah. But... Um, I'm not saying that Reese shouldn't have said that. I'm just saying that I don't think that was the right place for it. It's almost like... So, sort of like the reveal of what we were talking about with the, with the, with the DMA. It's like, it's good, but it's in the wrong place. It's in the wrong part of the episode. Yeah. Reese yeah. could have said that to Michael like at the end of an episode. Like they could have been at that in that bar when it was all over and she would have could have said something like, you know, good job, lieutenant. Thank you, captain. And you know, and then maybe yeah. something like that, right? That like in a nice sort of quiet introspective moment. Like thank you for your help, lieutenant. Mhm. Thank you, captain. Oh, it meant a lot to me because It meant a lot to me because yes. Ex- yes. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. when there was a hurricane in my town, Starfleet sent a bus to take us all out. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah, like any, Michael could have been in a ready room and he comes in and says, thank you, Captain. The evacuation's complete. Thank you. Or whatever, right? Just and she would look up and say, who are you? It would have been it, it, something like that, in my opinion, as a non-writer, but just as, but as a lifetime trekker. That's a quiet, introspective moment when you say things like that. That's something you would say like at the end of an episode. That kind of puts a bow on it, right? Yeah. Um, because, and even if that was the case, I would have been like, okay, you know, that, that was a nice moment. Like for Reese, when he did it on the planet, like the camera's like panning in close to him. And I think he, there might even been some music swelling or something like that. And I'm like, and, and it just felt yeah. very, it, to me anyway, like the way I looked at that, aside from being so cringy. Yeah. It was melodramatic and it just felt so fitting to just sort of the way people are these days. Like, so over-emotional and just so, like, yeah. you know. Well, wasn't there a dark matter so vulnerable closing and so Yes! Time? Yes! Wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah. Yes! Yeah, well, yeah. So it's a thing that this show does, which, you know, there is an idea that sometimes you just do things. Because it's your duty. Because you're in Starfleet. Yeah. And you don't have to have a personal reason for doing every single thing that you do. No. So am I to infer, are we to infer, that if his town was not wiped out by a hurricane, he wouldn't have helped? Yeah, we're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, Michael, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay here. Yeah, I mean, it's real weird. It's real weird, and I, it's real weird. Because I mean, Culber did Culber did the same thing with uh, with what's his face from the burn. 
I want to go down and help because he was in the same position I was and he gave a whole, I was meant to do it. And, he, and by the way, he never helped anyway. But um, yeah. you don't give a reason. You go. I've, I said this back then and I can say it now. You yeah. go because not only are you in Starfleet, but you have a special skill that the landing party needs yes. in order to make, in order to efficiently carry out the mission. So again, so he, he's only, he only has the, so Starfleet training, he has no, so the Starfleet training plays no role in this whatsoever. He can only go because his town was wiped out by a hurricane. Or I guess the Starfleet training is good. You have the training so that you can help, but then you just wait until you have some emotional connection. Or that, that's, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. It's ineffective. Yeah, and, and, and I, yeah. Also, remember with um, Saru, right, he went to the, the burn planet because it was a Kelpian. Yeah. There. And he was also sort of destined, right? But that made sense. I did. Yeah. He could better deal with the person and they're in a position and all that. Right. But then he tries to leave and they say, don't be emotional. Stay here with the Kelpian. So, you know, the, this, this episode has gone back to all the worst elements. The worst which, beats. The, it's the old like, beats. It has a little bit of each category of terrible. Yeah. In effect. And, and even, even the actor who plays Reese, I said to myself, I think I know why they're not doing much because he's, he's not a very good actor. And he probably took that line and said, this is my moment to shine. And he just didn't, really he just did not it. deliver it well. It was just, I was cringing as I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a very, I think he's yeah, a very. Hurricane. Couldn't it have been like. He's a very poor actor. Sorry. An asteroid shower or like a, a radiation storm or, it's, you know, something, something future-y. Why is it going to be a hurricane? <laughs> Some future-y. I know. Well, because you know, whatever, maybe it was uh, maybe because uh, raiding party. Maybe because I think of... because everybody knows what it's like to go through a bad hurricane. I guess I don't know. Yeah, but why couldn't you have said tornado? Tornadoes, tornadoes, things. tornadoes wipe towns off the map. A tornado is more threatening than a hurricane, right? Although it would have been it would have been kind of weird timing considering the tornadoes that just hit in Oklahoma. So it would have been very strange. If that had been the case, but yeah. 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 So I that that was very, very cringy to me. I, I did not like that that scene. I thought it had yeah. no place in that part of the episode. You do that at the totally end. Totally ineffective. Totally ineffective. Did not land for me. So right. take it away. I got I got a problem with another aspect. So you got Culver. Yep. He's sad about stuff. Suddenly sad, but okay. Yes. Now here's the thing. It's as if the show can't give us any, anything positive, because I really liked his arc of he's finding his, his usefulness as a therapist and he's help, give, helping all these people. But now it's gotta come down to, oh, but you all died and you came back and you gotta struggle with your grief, man, and you have survivor's yeah. guilt. Why is that suddenly an Everyone's, issue? <laughs> can't anybody's story just be light and nice? <laughs> well, yes. Why can't that be? And and again, why is this an issue again all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. Just let him be happy. I like that. Can't they just be light and nice? Any, some storyline needs to just be nice. Yeah, why is everything so heavy? Why 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 does everybody why is everything so heavy for everybody? Like and, and I thought to myself, we just did this. We just did this with Tilly. Right, and I like Tilly's also. I mean, yeah. Come on, man. There's another one where Tilly f found something she was good at, and rather right. than right, so <laughs> rather than let us see her do something she's good at and be happy, as soon as she was done struggling to figure it out, she's gone. It's. I feel we like we don't the, get to see anything positive. I feel like the show plays too much to those people in the audience who just always have. Who are just not happy people and like struggle with anxiety or struggle with, you know, and I struggle with anxiety, but like people who just need consistent validation or need to feel validated. I feel like that's the, that's the audience that the show just continually tries to play to by making its characters have to be going through 
something. The show is always appealing to the people who are going through something, who are mentally suffering, who are going through... And, I mean, sure, it makes it relatable on some level, but the show certainly doesn't do a good job of showing you how they got through it. Again, PTSD Detmer, we never got to see... To me, the interesting side of it is how do you deal with it? How do you learn to deal with it? Right, and that's why I think Tilly was interesting because we sort of got to see her she found try a, out different things. Yeah, she found something. something that worked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, I've dealt with mental health things, but I don't need to see it reflected in every single character of the media that I consume. Well, and, I mean, and, but one also, person would be fine. But also, everybody like, be dealing with heavy, heavy things. So... One of the re- remember on the uh, remember we saw the DS Nine documentary. Yes. And I remember there was a they had gone through there were, there was a part of the documentary where they were talking about talking to fans at various conventions, saying who asking who's your favorite character, Kira, uh, Kira, Dax, why, and they would list out these reasons. And. They would, but they would say things like, you know, they helped me deal with my, you know, again, my depression or anxiety. But it wasn't because Dax or Kira had depression or anxiety. They carried themselves in such a way that those people in the audience aspired to be like. I'm, I'm going to try to be like that. And I think that when you, I know we're getting into a weird conversation, but like, I'm not saying that the humans on Discovery have to be perfect. But when every single one of them has some sort of problem every single week, I'm thinking to myself, why are they on a ship? Why are they in Starfleet? Because they can't seem to be able to deal with their own personal issues for some reason. I don't know if I want that crew going out there trying to solve problems because they can't deal with their own problems. Right, right. And... I'm sure the I mean, is that a cold like, way of putting modern it? take on whatever, but you know, yes, people are more in tune with the importance of mental health, but yes. that doesn't mean everybody is running around having a crisis at every moment. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly, yes, that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. If anything, it means people are more likely to be doing the necessary things to maintain good yeah. mental health. I, I think, and I think that, you know, I was talking about this on the trick of BS once about how the way, because somebody was pointing out how Discovery doesn't seem to portray humans the way Next Gen does. And, I'm like, and I said, well, it's not the same time period, both in the series and in the real world. The human, the perfect humans of the 24th century don't seem to be present in this one. And I said, well, I think, I don't know if it would necessarily mean they're perfect. It's more, I, I feel like it's evolved in the sense of like, it's, you're, it's not that you're without your problems. It's just you have more support from your peop- from people around you. If somebody's going through something, they hang out at each other's, you know, consoles on the bridge and talk to them, and they do, you know, or they just they'll do stuff together, right? It's, and they have a counselor. On and they board. have a counselor. So it, it's different depictions. That, but yes, to your point. You, I mean, you said it exactly the way, like exactly the way I was trying to get to. There's definitely more emphasis on it, but it doesn't mean, and and on mental health these days, which is great, and in the workplace, especially now that everybody's virtual for the most part, right? But it does not mean that everybody has to be going through something at all times. Right, and yeah. do, let's remember uh, uh, an ac- axim. Axiom? Of Star Axiom? Trek. Axiom of Star Trek. Yep. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Right. If everybody is having a meltdown, then where's the diversity, right? We. Uh, it would be nice to see some variety. But you know who hasn't had a meltdown this season yet is Michael. Well, she had enough for many seasons already, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you I, know, that whole... St- this is sort of tangentially related, but that whole that whole away mission could have been Reese. There was no reason to have it be Michael. It really is as if she has to be at the center of everything. And it is she does. Bummer. She does. Well, I 
I, we didn't get to mention this, and I wanted to ask you. Um, what did you think of the end of the episode, though? Like, with the end of that plot, Michael's sort of... The way she was treating that guy and the way she kind of flung the Federation flag in his face. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it had a very... I liked that moment, actually. Because I felt like it had a sort of... Even though I feel like Michael, as a captain, does feel like she's carving out her own place, I got hints of Captain Picard in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't put up with any uh, yeah. injustice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, but... It was good. It was tough, and it was also calling them out for being, you know, terrible. So, we'll see... You have a quote you want to discuss can we do that say again did you have a quote you wanted us to discuss i kind of said it already oh okay yeah. so cut that part out i backed up yeah so overall i think a not not a very strong not not a very not a necessarily bad episode just not a very strong episode i think there were some decent things about it um Lousy. but it's just not a strong episode for me and i, I don't i don't I'm not a fan of what was brought forth this week. And I'm a little nervous for what's coming, just given the exposition that we saw. I pray that this was a fluke and it's going to go back to the way it was the first few weeks, but we'll see. I mean, you can't, I'll say this. You can't do a perfect season of television. You're always going to have one... You're always going to have some episodes in there that you don't like. Um, but... I just hope that they are few and far between. Because they've started off really well this season. And I don't want them to lose that momentum. Alright, so... I want you to imagine this. Just imagine give every script first... to Alan B. McElroy. And, and uh, Kirsten Byer, and then we're good. Yes. Imagine if the first episode of this season was this episode. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. You would have thought, well, we're back, right back where we were, right? Yep. That's why I'm so concerned with this. Yes, they did four good episodes, but the fact that this episode has returned to all of the ineffective and just totally unsuccessful things that the show has been doing, that's what worries me. It's a, if they had been bad in a new way... I think I would have been much more forgiving because that would just tell me they were trying something. You could, and yeah. four of the, they were trying new things and, and you know, they were a 75% success rate. Right. I would have thought. You give them credit. Good. You give them but credit for trying said, something. I think like a total reversal back to exactly right. what like they were Right. Like if doing they, the, I, we've said this, I say this in my work from time to time. Like if they had done what you said, if you're going to fail, like, fail fast. Fail quickly. At least they tried something. didn't work. All right, on to next week. Okay. Yes, you don't keep failing in the same exact way. Right. Which, this is a return to the same failures of last season. In this case, it's like somebody... It's almost like they dusted off a script from last season that they didn't get to. And just said, oh, just change a few words around. Okay, good. Yes. That's kind of what it felt or, like. Is this a missing episode from last season? They just they changed out the DMA... They changed out the burn for the DMA, and then right, and they just because the burn was man-made. Whoever was writing thought, "Oh, I don't know how to structure this episode." And they're like, "Here, take the script from last season and just use the same structure." Well, think about it. The burn was man-made, wasn't it? I mean, yes, Kelpian made, and yeah. but not by a sinister person. Yes. and who knows? Maybe we'll find out this isn't sinister. But man, once you make it a people, it just really bums me out. Imagine if the whole episode, they were figuring this thing out, and it was a natural phenomena, and we kept getting the nice one-off episodes, and eventually yeah. they figured out like how to combat the natural phenomena, and everybody worked together to solve it. How nice would that have been? We, Instead, right. I'm afraid we're going to get another mustache-twirling villain or something. Because, again... Maybe it, not mustache-twirling. They must have learned a lesson on that. Because what that shows me is that they... It's like they're too, it's like they're too scared to really shake it all up. They don't want to really 
try something new. Like they're just going to trick the audience in, into letting us think, oh, it's something brand new. It's it's a it's not a person this time. And but now it is. And they just we're just right back to that. And like it's like they don't want to stray too far from yeah. from I can a terrible producer of which there are 27 or something saying uh, <gasps> yeah but wh- who who's the villain where's the villain in this in this you know I don't know how to write I don't know how to write that you know what it is it's like if you watch the next gen documentary um uh chaos on the bridge uh, and you had Roddenberry yes, insisting yeah. there's no conflict in the 24th century no, and the writer's like I don't know how to write that cuz cuz yeah, conflict drama comes out of conflict I don't know how to write this it's almost like mm-hmm. you're having a similar situation here. Like, there's no villain. I don't know how to write this. I don't know. How, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, because that's and all I know like, how to write. You need a little. It's granted, Roddenberry went too far. No conflict, yeah. but you need yeah. a little Roddenberry in here. You do, because you as you said, you why need... can't it be something nice? Yeah, you need some of that. You need less conflicts. Less personal conflict too. Very much. So yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what it feels like. They're they're being hamstrung by certain th- by certain requirements that only they know how to write. And if they even attempt to stray away from that, it's like they throw their their hands up and say, "I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to write that. I learn how to write. I learn how to write bad guys." Right. Something's going on. I learn how to write Broadway shows or SpongeBob things. <laughs> yeah, man, Kyle deserves it. Yeah. So Kyle ruined the whole season, but I think, but, but you and I are getting to the point now where like, we're beginning to identify writers and we've established that Alan McElroy has a good track record. Um, Kirsten Beyer, obviously. So, um, I don't think this is this writer's fault because this writer has not written for discovery before. I have a feeling he was probably given very explicit directions. Yeah. He probably needed a little hand holding. Here's the scenes we need. Yeah. The plots we need. This is what's supposed to happen. You're just going to fill it with dialogue. Right. Kind of deal because <sighs> his resume does not inspire confidence that I think they would just say, yeah, just just go, man. Mm. That's, yeah. So it's, um, you know, where the, you know where the blame falls. <laughs> Paradise. Yep. Paradise. It's a. It's but a. I realize I'm not really being fair because uh, it's a gangster's paradise. Well, I'm like somebody, you know, somebody snuck around paradise, all right, to make yeah. some good episodes, and then when things go wrong, paradise well, stepped back in and took over. So. Well, I've got good news for you. The you next, the next episode is being written by. Um. So we. So we've only been identifying writers recently. We haven't. We haven't been. Do, we haven't even been doing it since the beginning of this season. But the person who wrote who wrote next week's. Is um, Anne Kofel Saunders who wrote Anomaly, who wrote episode two. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, and it's directed by number one himself, Jonathan Frakes. So you I know think... my feeling about his directing. I don't really love it. Yeah. He moves the camera around for no reason. He just does cool things for no reason. There's no, like, there's no artistic yeah. reason behind it. So no, you can expect the camera to circle around people just for funsies. Yeah. So um Let's see, there's another writer. Let me see what this other writer's done. Brandon Schultz, graduate of Morehouse College, nice. Worked in entertainment in several capacities before co-funding Streets Legends Inc. an animation design studio. Yada yada yada. Okay, written for Discovery, Short Tracks, uh, Blade. Okay. Uh, other stuff. He was the story editor on a lot of He was a story editor on a lot of um, Discovery episodes. Um, uh, that's not good. He wrote the one short track I didn't watch: "The Girl Who Made the Stars," the animated uh, one. Yeah, um, but he, but he's he's contributed to actually every episode this season, so far as a story editor. So maybe we blame uh, him for maybe he maybe he edited everything terribly in this one. Maybe maybe he edited after out all the good. Staff writer yeah. on Unification Three. Mm-hmm. He wrote yeah Sanctuary. Yep. He wrote Perpetual Infinity. What episode is that? That was that was the one where you actually 
took virtual and you sang virtual insanity at the beginning of it. Oh yeah. Don't you don't you hate don't you hate don't you hate that I have don't you hate that I have such a good memory? Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. More <laughs> uh, Okay, well whatever. I don't know. God bless him. Wishing the best. Well, that gives me a little that gives me a little bit of hope for for this upcoming episode. So Yes, because of Anne. Yeah. So Kyle Jarrow. She's no Terry Hughes Burton, but she's good. Right. So Kyle Kyle I really Jarrow. love that we're getting one week ahead so we can look and see who the writers are. It's pretty great. Kyle Jarrow. You blew it this week, man. Sorry. Kyle blew, but I'm afraid it, but I think it might not be Kyle's fault. Um, isn't his name's on it? So I'm, I'm, his name's on it. So I'm doing it. It's his first episode. Yeah, his name's on it. But here's the thing: if someone came in in their first episode, they made all the same mistakes of all the last few seasons of Discovery. That would be really weird. So I feel like somebody was telling them, "You got to make this mistake and then this mistake." Yeah, but I think to your point, he's using all the beats from last season. And they think that last season they knocked it out of the park, so they probably thought he did a fantastic job in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like he wrote this episode with only season three as his frame of reference. It's like he didn't watch anything that they've been doing this season. It's like, just give me the rundown. What do I got to do? Okay, good. Any Star Trek ever. Yeah. <laughs> Except last season. Exactly. Yeah. Well, on that note, on that note. That brings us to a close this week, and we're going to be back next week to discuss the next episode, which is called Stormy Weather. Oh, maybe it's a flashback to the Reese's Heart. Is it Reese's? <laughs> First thing I thought of when I read that Stormy Weather, like, oh, is it about Reese? That would be awesome. Yeah. It's just baby Reese was, getting evacuated. I was going to say, I was going to say, that's what uh, destroyed, that's what leveled Reese's uh, little town. Yeah, he lives in Florida. What if? And, um, oh God! The in a in a in a you know a, a Constitution here, class ship shows up and here, here uh, evacuates. Is. Here it is. Here it is. The anomaly oh. actually destroyed his town, but it was much smaller back then. So the anomaly was a hurricane, but it was really small. It was hurricane size oh. back then. Yeah. Wow. And now he and he goes, yeah. And then he steals Discovery. Yep. Right? In the last scene, he's on the bridge, right? And uh -huh. he says, This time it's personal. And the whole season is gonna revolve around Reese and his inability to act. I think he's gonna act, he's gonna go and he's gonna bomb the shit out of that anomaly. He's go This because, is for Tallahassee. Because as Discovery has has shown us the way you rank up in Starfleet is to kill things. <laughs> yes. It's true. Yeah. It's a weird time in Starfleet. All right. Well, reach out to us on, on the IG at Star Trek We Trust podcast and on the Twits at Star Trek We Trust. And with that, yeah. peace out, everybody. Later, skaters.